Hi there. Thanks for joining us on Let's Talk Taste with Sherry, where we're saving the earth one flavor at a time by gathering community to share wisdom around the natural connections between our innate sense of taste and flavors that are grown in healthy, regenerative soils. Welcome. Hey, Ron. How are you today? I'm doing good. I'm doing good. I'm excited. I'm excited to be here with you. I'm excited to have you here. This has been really cool. I have loved um, getting to know you and sharing your story. And, you know, we just kind of happened to cross paths through mutual um, acquaintances. And I'm loving working with you. And I also love the fact that my mission and what I'm creating and putting out into the world is actually in alignment with experience that you've had with eating and dieting. Mm -hmm. And, you know, you've shared with me that you've struggled your whole life with eating. So um, what I want to do is talk to me about you, you, you have a little bit of an idea, right? You know that my tagline of this show is uh, saving the earth one flavor at a time, right? So we've been down this road we've talked about different ways that we can take this and a lot of it goes down this idea of you could you can talk to people about how to not diet right you can talk to people about how you can trust your own your own taste buds your own flavor so just thinking about that concept and reflecting back on your journey and where you are now because clearly you are healthy now you are not overweight you look great you've made big changes you have a love affair with food right you you understand a lot things a lot differently walk me through how you see the thread of how living flavor may have without you knowing it at the time may have made a difference in how you choose to eat now yeah, I love that question. And I have to confess too, I don't know if I've confessed this to you before, but I fully was stalking you online uh, prior to <laughs> us working together because of what I was seeing that you were posting. I found you on an, in, on a, like, uh, I think you were on a panel with Cami Gildner and some other people, like it was like four of you. And I was just like, oh, wow. Like, I really liked what you had to say. And then I looked you up and I was like, I want to work with her. Like, she's got a story, you know? So and, and, and because it resonated, this notion of flavor, which I hadn't, I'd worked with nutritionists, I've worked with dietitians, I've worked health, uh, health and wellness people, but this notion of flavor, I was like, that's interesting. So yeah, so um, my, my journey, uh, I grew up over, overweight um, and we moved around the world a lot and I had a lot of anxiety and my parents are very extreme people. Uh, so I was always like stressed out and I went to eating and eating bagels and cheese and, and um, I, I, I seldom touched a vegetable. Uh, I don't remember liking any vegetables outside of potatoes uh, until I was um, 13. I remember 13, like making that switch and going to a restaurant, Olive Garden, actually going to the Olive Garden. And I was like, all right, I'm diving in. I'm going to try it out. And I had a Caesar salad, which is like not even a vegetable, like to me, like that's not even like real. Right, you know? but it's a step, right? I mean, it's green. Yeah, there's green in it. Right, right, green. <laughs> it was a gateway drug, you know? Right. Um, and then from there though, I did go, I, I remember that we had the place in uh, Chicago called Walker Brothers uh, or in Highland Park, the suburb I grew up in called Walker Brothers. And they had this beautiful green salad. Still, it was Caesar dressing. I'd Caesar just out, but I remember like they're just like really enjoying it. And, but again, it was mostly chicken strips and cheese and, and croutons, but I was like, all right. It's and over, over the next four, uh, few years, I think four years, 
um, I got more into vegetables and my palate expanded. And then the uh, junior year of high school, I, uh, I was just, I was failing all my classes and I was smoking a lot of pot. I hated pot. I hated drugs and I hated drinking at the time. Uh, but I did it because my friends were doing it. It was like, all right, this is what you do. And I was smoking a lot of cigarettes. Those I loved. I loved cigarettes. Um, and I was, I was easily 40 pounds, 50 pounds from where I'm at right now, probably like 50 pounds. And I remember I was watching uh, one night, it was like a Saturday night. I was watching um, Leaving Las Vegas, the movie with Nicolas Cage, where he drinks himself, his goal is to drink himself to death. And there's a scene where he falls on a glass table. And I've never, I've never seen the ending after that. I got so depressed and I just like, my body just like went into like hysterical crying. And that was like the turning point. And from there, I was like, I'm not going to be unhealthy anymore. That's it. I'm done. Wow. And I, and, and I started just changing my diet, changing my eating. And this is 1997. So like low carb hadn't been a thing yet. And I wasn't really privy to a lot of, um, at that point, a lot of diet, fad diets, the one we knew at home, because my parents were always dieting. My dad was always dieting. My, my mom, my sister, um, my sister had a slew of eating disorders. Um, she was always dieting. And um, we, we grew up in a diet culture. Diet is like so ingrained into us. That that's what you do. That's what yeah. you do. And you're shamed. You're shamed for yep. eating like an American, like a Midwesterner. You're shamed for that. But most Midwesterners eat like Midwesterners. Right. <laughs> so, um, so I said, you know, I started like a low fat diet um, and just, I, I wasn't doing portions or anything. It was just low fat. And I started losing weight, like, cause I probably was eating so abundantly, but it was uh, prior to that. But when I was eating the, I used to be able to throw down, but like when I was eating the, the, like the, the processed foods and the fatty foods, it didn't fill me up. So I could eat like five sandwiches or whatever, whatever, you know, a whole pizza. I could probably throw down a whole large pizza. Um, but here I was like, I was eating much more um, nutrient dense foods and seeing the results. And I started losing weight and everything. And I was really focused and yeah. So I was just going to say, so how did you, you said you went, you, you, you chose the low fat diet, right? Cause this is very, this is a very, um, it's going to be a common thread in this whole thing, right? Is this idea of all the different trends and all the different outside wisdom that we are given as to what healthy eating looks like, right? So when you chose that, that low fat, because I, I remember that phase too. I remember the low fat phase and basically you were allowed to eat pasta and rice, right? Like that was part of the low fat diet, which people look at that now and they're like, oh my God, like, you know, it's sinful to eat pasta and rice at this time. So tell me a little bit about what did that low fat diet look like for you back then? <laughs> you just said it. <laughs> <laughs> you just yeah. said it. it was pasta and rice um, yeah. and, and, and adding veggies, you know, not to the extent that I do now. My mom, it's so funny. My mom makes fun of me now about how, many, how much I incorporate veggies. I mean, the, the majority of my plate is veggies at this point, like big thing of veggies. And then I'll do, I'll do now, um, just because of timing and I work so much, like I'll do now for lunch, I'll do a bet like, um, like I'll, I'll saute like rice cauliflower and I'll do like um, a, a, the, at Trader Joe's, they have these veggie patties that are like two of them are hundred calories. Uh, and it's just, it's literally just like veggie, like broccoli, cauliflower, potatoes, like egg whites in there maybe like, so I do those and then maybe like a protein of some kind. Um, like a fish or whatever, but like, yeah, like I, I love veggies. Like sometimes I'm just like, you know what? I'm, I'm, I'm gonna go crazy and just do veggies. Like I'll do broccoli, but like just a bunch of veggies on one plate. I'm in heaven. 
I love veggies so much now. Um, but yeah, so at that time it was like, it was definitely, it was spaghetti, it was, um, it was rice, like the microwavable rice. Um, not rice still, and rice. Wait, right? Like you were still finding yourself losing weight, e even though you were eating all these carbs. As we're talking about it now, I, th I, the realization is, is yeah. I mean, I was losing it because I was also just, I just, I was making a conscious effort to not eat so much, probably too. And so I was, my portions were probably in half. Um, and again, because I was adding veggies to the pasta, to the right, rice. Of course. Yeah. And that's a big part of it. Yeah. So from a flavor perspective, I think about this and I'm like, okay, so you went from kind of this white diet with cheese, right? Is that yeah. an accurate assessment, yeah. right? This white diet with cheese, which is from a flavor perspective, is a lot of fat. So you're tasting the fattiness, but you're also getting that, um, there's a sweetness element to that. So when you're eating all that white bread, people don't think of that as sweet, but there's a-, a um, It's all sugar. I mean. Yeah, it's, it's sugar. Um, and when it's not coming from like, I, I, so I believe there's a big difference between white bread and a potato. Like people will classify the white potato as this evil vegetable. Mm -mm, no, the potato is really, really good for you. So, but if you're eating all these processed foods, right? So from a flavor perspective, you're kind of going from this fatty, sweet, white, very little bitters I'm imagining, right? So if you didn't eat yeah. vegetables before, you didn't have any kind of an experience with these these new flavors. And then all of a sudden you're, you're incorporating these vegetables. So talk to me about like from a flavor standpoint, from a place of now you're introducing flavors that you're not used to eating. And mm. you now, obviously in current day, you're enjoying these, you crave these, you want these, this is all you're eating. But back then when you're having to bring these flavors in, what was that? Do you remember what the taste experience was like when you went from eating basically sweet and white and fat to this more varied flavor? Was it hard? Was it, was there difficult transitions? Yeah. Was it, what was it like from a, if you can imagine if your taste buds could talk, what were they saying to you? Such a great question. I think, and it's, it's kind of a 20 year journey um, uh, since, since that time. Um, so as an example, like where I, I can contextualize it with one scenario. Um, and this again is this is over a span of at that like let's say 10, 15 years after that like time of like, okay, I need to change and start introducing healthy foods. And and my weight fluctuated over the past 20 years. And it wasn't until literally two, three years ago that I found the thing that works within that and where I'm able to explore more foods now. But um at that time, from a taste bud perspective, um, my parents talk about this a lot. I guess I had sensory uh uh, disorder growing up and so my niece has it now back then it was called laziness now it's called sensory disorder and <laughs> we used to go in Chicago uh, we used to go to Devon which is a street um, with all Indian food like they just in it's it's like India town like it's all like one yeah, Indian restaurant and after another and that's where you really feel like flavor, yeah. right and spice right? and it's just yes. the whole block yes. smells of spice and, uh, and I would, as a kid, like 11, 12, they, they used to go and I used to be just, I used to lock myself in the car, um, which is like so dangerous now that I think of it, like, it's horrific. Like, <laughs> this is not a, like, But this is not for you, a, it was better than being exposed to all those smells, right? Right, it was too Flavors much for me. And, right, right. It was just too much for me. Yeah, I couldn't handle it. Over time, so I remember like being like uh, in high school and my sister taking me there. And I remember the first time I went, and was like, okay, I'm gonna go in and I'm gonna eat here. And it was slowly introducing things and I can still smell it. I can still smell those restaurants. And so now cool. it's like, Indian is my favorite, like that's my decadence right there. Um, but uh, I remember like, okay, I'm gonna do like safe. 
So I tried the chi- the tandoori chicken. Okay, mm, interesting. Okay, and then um, the spinach, which had which was just you know like there was it was like, like a, sog paneer with lots of cheese and yumminess. Yeah, yeah sog yeah. paneer. It's a, it's a cream of spinach. I mean, <laughs> right, sog right. paneer. It's it's a it's a it's a vat of butter and milk and and cheese, and then there's like a little bit of this <laughs> spinach sprinkled in. So I tried that, and um, it's astounding how much I smell it right now. And, uh, and so I would do things that were familiar and then venture out, right? Like once I gained confidence, I was like, Ooh, okra, what the, what the noise is okra? What I've never had an okra before. What is that? Oh, but it's in tomato sauce. So it's okay. Right. Like, right. Ooh, that's good. So it, and then peppers were always my thing. Peppers were not my friends until about a year ago. So even peppers, like I was, there was things I was still scared of. I was like, I can't stand the texture. Water chestnuts are my arch nemesis. What the, what the heck is a water chestnut? <laughs> what does it want to be? And what is it like, like, what is its purpose? Right. <laughs> Are people like, oh my God, I love water chestnuts. Like that lack of flavor and that crisp with that water feel like. It's a oh texture. It's really, it's a, it's a texture thing. It's, it's meant to create a variety of texture, which is part of our eating experience. Right. But I agree with you. The flavor of a water chestnut is eh, not that exciting. To me, that's like a, it's like nails on a chalkboard. I'm not a fan. I don't get that texture. It's three different textures at once. Yeah, it's true. You're right. There's like a squish. There's like a break. And there's like yeah. a, a refreshing. Like. That's an awesome description. <laughs> so this is, I think that's my answer is what my taste buds are like. Whereas right, like, right. you know, pepper, there's like, um, for me, like the, there's like this like breaking of the skin. So this is why I don't eat a lot of meat. And I think I really do have a sensory disorder still. Um, I never worked on it, so I probably still do. Um, where I don't, I don't love steaks. Let's not call it a disorder. Let's just um, call it an, a sensitivity. A sensitivity, yeah, like a like a sensory sensitivity. Where, like, in my head, the camera just focuses in, like super close on what's going on with it. And the, so the flavor of a pepper, does, and especially like red or green peppers, they don't bug me. Like they're fine. It's it's the skin and then the that, that the crisp textural break. thing. It's, it's a textural, textural thing. thing. I know a lot of people that have textural issues. Really? Yeah. Yeah. It, it, it's a whole, we, we, we don't, again, it's a, the awareness of flavor versus the awareness of texture. This is, it's part of what we talked about in the steak episode, right? Like the whole experience of eating we have to recognize is a full sensory experience. It's all of our senses at once. So when you're eating something and you're eating that pepper and you're getting that weird texture, but you're not identifying it as a texture, you immediately go to, I don't like the flavor of, I don't like, I don't like the flavor of peppers because I don't like to eat them. But just what you're saying, right? So if you took it, if you took the textural experience away from it, let's say you make a pepper sauce, like a hot sauce, or you turn it into like a, you know, part of a marinara and it's blended up, you know, it's a completely different flavor experience when you take the texture out of it. So um, my ex-wife to be loves- aware of. My ex-wife loves pepper. I th- no, I don't know if she loves it. Yeah, no, she does love it. Actually, she does love it. Um, and so she makes she her she makes an awesome veggie chili. Um, or I mean, actually, any chili she makes is really good. Um, and she always has like uh, like green peppers in it, and those are my arch nemesis. But they taste so good in the chili because it's cooked down. They're softer. They incorporate the flavor that I'm already comfortable with. The tomatoes right. like break it down a little bit. You're right. So it's like I'm thinking about that. I'm like, yeah, I'm like, I'll eat that chili all day long. Right. Like sometimes right. like I go home with like she she sends me home with like extra chili, you know? And I'm like, right. oh, 
So what's cool about your story is just like the sog paneer is a perfect example, right? Is so you're introducing these foods that you've never had before. You've, you're introducing these vegetables that are kind of a new thing, right? But they're coming to you in this package that tastes familiar, right? There's this familiar, familiar but you know what I'm saying. Something familiar, you're used yeah, to. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, in the flavor that makes you go, okay, this is different, but not horrible. So then your curiosity gets arisen, right? You start going, okay, I can try new things. I can, I can step into different. And it's interesting because the sog paneer is a very soft food, right? There's no texture. There's no snap in that. There's nothing to chew on. It just kind of melts in your mouth. So even that, like a cooked spinach versus a raw spinach, right? You know, I don't know if at that same moment you'd be like, oh, yeah, give me a big giant spinach salad to eat because it's a totally different thing. Right. But I love that you have that memory of being at that Indian market and experiencing these new flavors and these foods that you'd never had before, but you could recognize that there was kind of a comfort level there in foods that you had already experienced. And yet, there's enough of a curiosity to keep going, right? To then try yeah. okra, to then, to then continue and try new things. Yeah. So do you feel like, how much do you feel like that, um, that transition into new foods, um, not, that's not the right word, not how much do you feel? I wanna say, was there a continued curiosity, I guess, that, that then enabled you to engage in more new foods? Yeah, that's such a good question. Um, I love this conversation, actually. Um, yeah, like, I, it's the same thing with like mindful, like, uh, like, abundance mindset. If I can make 50,000, I can make 150,000. Like, the, right? It, it, but getting from from zero to 50, oi. <laughs> that's a huge stretch right so right. once i was at the indian buffet and it's like you know and it's buffet like it's all laid out like literally it's a buffet so it's all laid out they have all these things um yeah it became much easier and much more exciting where i go okay well i've already done i've already done the heavy lifting i already made the big leap right but what's this leap now it's like oh you know i, I equate it to like now that i can sing oh yeah i'll try opera or right. Yeah, I'll try rock or right. Like, it's just a matter of changing the vowels or opening up the sound. But I have enough of confidence that I can maybe figure it out. Um, I I directed an opera uh, three years ago, like literally three years ago now, and uh, I remember being like, it's in Italian, but and I've never even seen an opera. But I was like, I had an opportunity to do it, so I was like, yeah, it's I've directed enough musicals um, that I could I could figure this out and work with the music director and work with. The producer and, and get get accustomed to it you know so it's yeah it's 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 like you're leveraging exponentially what you you're building on what what happened before so right. yeah i remember i'm trying to think now though like i wish there was like a oh you know what i just had that's so crazy like kumquat or something i don't know <laughs> like um um yeah i i you know but this was a journey like i said like over 20 years where it wasn't until about three four years ago now that i was like I found what the right thing was. So I went low carb. I went, uh, I went, I did Nutrisystem for a while and I lost a lot of weight for five minutes on that and then gained it all right. back, you know? Right, right. But I never, the minute I, the minute I crossed the threshold into eating nutrient dense foods, I never gained that much weight. It was like, I would stay between five to 10 pounds, you know, like within a range of five, 10 pounds. I never, but I never hit like a, like I was never, 
when I, when I did the nutrient system, I got like, let's say five pounds less from my average. And then it wasn't like, now I'm like past that positively because of the way I'm eating now dairy-free, gluten-free, which does not feel like a diet to me, but it was, right. it was the 20 year journey of, because I was able to see success incrementally or like, you know, piecemeal, like over here with, if I do this, then that will happen. I was able to conclude and go, well, what does my body need? And I didn't, I don't know that like, I mean, I was never tested for celiac or anything like that. I had a nutritionist tell me not to do dairy. And then 10 years later, she's like, no, do dairy. But I found that dairy makes me really anxious. And after Huge like- Huge body awareness. Well, so 100% after I, I had, a, I had a Ayurvedic coach tell me, get rid of dairy because it's inflammatory. I, and then she's like, try to bring it back in three or four months. Three or four months went by, this is 2017. And I remember having a pizza and my head felt like after getting rid of it for those months, like my head wow. literally felt like shaking. And then the right. next day um, I had a, just a huge drop in my like serotonin levels. And I was like sick, depressed. I couldn't get out of bed. I mean, I had to, I had wow. a kid, but, um, and, it, and so I was like, oh, is it, is it maybe it's just the pizza? So I tried like a week or two later, I was like, no dairy. And then tried it again uh, with yogurt, with like Greek yogurt. We're, we're told Greek yogurt is supposed to save you know, humanity, right? Like at one point that was in the marketing. <laughs> right. Greek yogurt was everything. Um, and same thing, like the next day drop. And I was so depressed. And I, wow. I, like, I was like, this hurts. Like, so getting rid of that and then, and then uh, going gluten-free was same thing. My mind just opened up way less anxious, much more focused um, and able to do all these other this things. This is the so, thing, like, I, yeah, sorry. sorry I didn't no, mean please. you. Yeah, no, no, please. I was just going to say, like, this, what you're saying is is so huge and so, um, it's such a lesson for people that are listening to, to, to pay attention to, because we think we have to have this diagnosis, right? We have to, we think that someone has to tell us whether it's an Ayurvedic practitioner or a nutritionist or the person that you've currently hired to lose weight or your doctor, right? Like the, the diagnosis of celiac. You just said you've never had the diagnosis of celiac, but you you have gone through this process of recognizing that gluten totally takes you down, that dairy totally takes you down, right? Like this awareness, just taking the time to, to say, okay, I don't have to listen to someone else. I need to listen to me is huge. And it's part of like what I want people to do from a flavor aspect too. Like it's easy for us to category, categorize these evil foods that we're eating. I mean, I'm gluten-free too, dairy is limited, but I don't have any instant reactions to it. Um, and these foods that we're having severe reactions to are foods that have been massively changed in how they're being produced and how they're being given to us, right? So, you know, I can't turn back the wheels of time and have you try, you know, before you have, before your body experienced all these things, I can't turn back the wheels of time and have you go try like a beautifully cultured cheese from France that was, you know, made from cow's milk that came from a healthy gut of a cow that was properly cultured and see if that has an effect on you because now your body already has perceived and 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 i'm not just saying perceived as if it's not real i mean it recognizes that these specific proteins and elements of food are causing havoc in your body right so this is this is huge when it comes to this message around living flavor as well because 
I want people to be paying attention to their own bodies. Yeah. And, you know, maybe it takes a nutritionist or, or a guide or someone to come in and say, hey, why don't you try this and see how you feel? You know, there's also lots of blood tests that if you really need, you know, some kind of proof outside of your own body shutting down and uh, saying, stop eating this shit, right? Uh, <laughs> you really need someone to like take your blood and give you an analysis. There's that too. But um, it's, this is a huge part of it. And, and this body awareness that you experienced, um, you know, this is where I want to just invite people to continue this, continue this awareness on their taste buds right? Like what's happening when I experience these flavors, not just on my taste buds, not just here, but that continues on and fuels my body. Right. And I think, um, you know, for you, you're the classic example of, of what Americans are going through. We grew up in this diet culture, you know, we grew up in, in this way that we feel like, oh, well, we can indulge and then we can diet and then we can indulge and then we can diet and then we can eat what we think tastes good and then we can eat what we think tastes like shit, but it'll lose weight. And then we just continue this vicious cycle right. instead of coming to a place where you recognize that, hey, maybe when you're eating all those processed foods and all that white food and all that fat, yeah, it's comfort food. Yeah, it tastes good because in your brain, that's what you're used to, but you're missing out on the bitters, the sours, the, the flavors that are fully supportive that you were ultimately able to get to, right? You're ultimately able to, now you're eating piles of vegetables on your plate with spices and flavors. And would you say that you feel flavor deprived the way you eat right now? as you're saying something i'm not deprived of anything i'm not on yeah. a diet like right. so you know it's funny uh like uh our friend megan conter she said when so she does dairy free gluten free as well and when she went to france she's like i was eating bread and cheese like not it's different i have the same experience in france right yeah completely different the way it's structured and i'm sure if i go anywhere right it's the same um but um, no, yeah, I don't feel like I'm on a diet. Like I, I, I don't feel deprived because I haven't had a cheat day in a year. I just haven't. It's because it's like, well, if I want to go gluttonous, so I still eat goat cheese. Goat cheese is fine for me. Um, I found that like feta, if, if I don't know, I don't need it. But like if I were to eat something like feta is fine, like I don't have a response. Um, but there's so much else I can eat. And now it propels me to explore vegetables more. Um, and so, yeah, like it's, it's, yeah, I'm like, I'm, I feel really empowered by it, that it's, it's no longer am I on a diet. I don't feel limited. Uh, I don't feel I'm being high maintenance because anywhere I go, I can, there's options, you know? Right. Right. And that's the beauty of our world right now too, is that, you know, because of this raising of awareness, especially around celiacs and, and all the gluten intolerances that are out there and the dairy intolerances that we are finding more options, not only, you know, in restaurants, but, you know, in, in the food world even in the grocery stores. Right. But like what I always go back to, and when I was first diagnosed, (laughs) I don't have celiac. I have a thyroid autoimmune and the thyroid autoimmune. I was so blessed and fortunate to be connected to a, um, a neurologist and a naturopath who said, look, you're not celiac, but this is how it affects your immune system anyway. You know, even though you're not, you don't have that medical diagnosis, but I'm telling you right now, gluten is causing your immune system is triggering this attack on your thyroid, right? And so I've been gluten-free 
and not have had have have not had to take medications for 10 years wow. with thyroid diagnosis right so i'm lucky because i caught it in time and that has made that much of a difference so like going back to the whole idea of living flavor and this idea of you know trying to find a way to trust our bodies and listen to our bodies when we're eating things you know i can't look at the stories of gluten-free and dairy-free without saying what has happened to gluten and dairy why are these things so triggering and so inflammatory and it really comes down to the living structure of these things have have changed we've yeah. pasteurized the shit out of dairy right so and we remove things and we add things and you know there's a a big um one of the biggest organic milk companies is horizon milk right and mm -hmm. they do all kinds of things to make their milk healthy right they put omegas in it they they do whatever they need to do but the reality is it's so far away from like raw milk that has all the natural probiotics that has all the things that we're originally intended to you know our body to process but now it's just this kind of scientific creation of what we think is good for us. And there's nothing naturally systemically available to help us process these things, right? So that the same thing has happened to wheat. Like wheat has been, it's not genetically modified, but it's been changed. It's been, um, the strains have changed to produce massive amounts of protein because then it brings more yield. It brings a more self-stability. And then the biggest thing that has happened to wheat non-organic wheat is that it gets literally sprayed with roundup before it gets processed like that's how they dry the wheat out so our bodies are eating wheat you know when we're not thinking we have to be organic and we're getting this glyphosate um is that the herbicide we're getting basically herbicide drenched it is glyphosate i gotta learn how to say that word um it is literally Roundup that they're spraying on these things to kill it before they harvest it. So the wheat is not genetically modified, but it's coated in this toxicity that is, you know, to, to kind of um, accelerate the harvesting process, right? And that's what our bodies are eating when every time it gets wheat, it's getting this. Every time it gets wheat, it's getting this. Every time it gets wheat, it's getting this. It's going, what? The, my body does not want this. Whatever this is, I'm going to start attacking it. So now your body is so smart that it recognizes that now at this point, if it's gone too far, it doesn't matter if it's organic or not, it still is that protein of gluten and it's going, this is not good for us. We got to attack it, right? And then it sits in your throat, all that stuff. But so all that to say, you know, this whole idea of food being raised and grown the way it should be raised. And then we as humans taking in this awareness of flavor and, um, what you're currently consuming versus what you can, how you can expand your palate to not only enjoy more foods, but to take in more nutrients, right? Your nutrient dense food has a whole lot more flavor and I'm speaking for you now. So feel free to correct me if I'm wrong, but that nutrient dense food is so much more flavorful than, you know, the comfort food that you were consuming on a regular basis. So good for you. Thank you. hundred percent. You're right. Like I'm thinking on, I'm like, I enjoy my food. I love it. Yeah. Yeah. And that's what I want for everyone. You're like my poster child. <laughs> Thank you. Where's the poster? Thank you. <laughs>